Welcome to Faith Seeking Understanding, a place dedicated to the discussion of Christian faith in 21st century life. C.S. Lewis said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. So join us as we endeavor to understand 21st century life through the lens of Christian faith. I'm your host, Alan Bevere, pastor, professor, author, and lover of Five Alarm Food. Come and seek with me. All right, welcome everybody to another Faith Seeking Understanding. I am your host, Alan Bevere. I am a pastor, retired professor, Bible moth, theologian in exile, and a peddler of hope, and I am the self-appointed Anselm of Canterbury, Chair of Podcast Theology and Culture at Faith Seeking Understanding University, a completely made-up school of higher learning, but where all people are invited, all seekers are invited to ponder profound things free of charge and... Dr. Pidge Bannon, how are you today? Doing well. Good. I'm doing well. Good. So we're we're on episode thirteen today. Wow. We got fifteen total, so we're coming down to the wire. Yes, we are. Yeah. Um, and so today we're talking about Bonhoeffer and the Church. Okay. And we're going to take uh, a look at his book Life Together. Going to talk about that book and uh, sort of give uh, the the the. Big uh, fifty thousand view, fifty thousand foot flyover, and then I've got some quotes. We'll talk through, but life together is where, um, I mean, his his understanding of the church really comes through. Mm -hmm. And I, like I've said before, I think it's his best book. So, um, and uh, it's written, it's written, and it's based on his experience at the underground seminary, mm. uh, and okay. his in his time there with uh, the pastors that he's training. Uh, so anyway, so let's see what he says about the church. You know, I, 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 I think, I, I think uh, today in America, in the West, it's, it may be true elsewhere, but today I think, uh, I think a lot of Christians' understanding of the church is pretty thin. I agree. And uh, we think somehow we can have Jesus without the church. Right. The New Testament writers never thought that, but of course, we know better. Right. Um, and uh, I, I think the church is, uh, is is instrumental. You know, I had a professor in seminary who used to say, you can't have Jesus without the church, right? right? Jesus and the church right. go together. So anyway, so let's, with that in mind, let's begin. So Bonhoeffer, uh, this book, Life Together, and again, it's about his experience as a church, as a community of faith at the seminary, you know, in, in what's happening at the seminary. You know, in a lot of seminaries, I mean, you know, you, you, you've been connected to this seminary. We try to have community. Right. Right? We develop right. community. We have times to get together and fellowship, and we do all of that. But, you know, students come and go. Right. And, um, you know, when I was a student in seminary, we didn't have all the online stuff. You couldn't right. do anything remotely. Right. Um, so maybe it was easier to have community. People actually lived and moved here in the apartments. Uh, at the seminary, we still have some of that, but... Uh, and I'm not saying you can't develop community online. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say say you can't do that, but you know, it's the seminary environment today is not like it was here. These right. these pastors live together. Right. They they just live together, and so it was not just a time of learning, but it was fellowship, work, community, worship, and Bonhoeffer's experience. This is what what comes out of this is this right. book. Life together. It's a lot harder to do a virtual community right. and to do it well. 
Yes, point, that's which a good why point. I think one of the reasons, well, even in any higher ed degree, masters and above, well, even undergrad, but not so much undergrad, but you see it in masters and above, this is where you're building relationships for the rest of your life. Yeah, you know, you're building those connections and you're yeah. building that community, yeah. uh, that academic community uh, that surrounds you, and a faith community that surrounds you for the rest of your life, and yeah. hopefully that will. Yeah. You know, those are people you can call on when you're having trouble in yeah, your church and exactly say, hey, right. what's going on? Or, you know, so they're, yeah, they're yeah. your friends forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we sing the song. I, you know, I was just about to say, <laughs> oh, Pidge, I could break out in song, but we would lose our audience. You're Michael W. Smith. Yeah. Anyway, oh my gosh, we're dated, our, we've dated oh ourselves too, you know. Oh my gosh, that song. Yeah. All right. So, so let's, <laughs> let's do a, Let's do the overview of his book, Life Together. So the first, uh, one of the things he wants to talk about is community, obviously. Right. And and he wants to talk about what Christian community is and mm-hmm. what it is not. Mm-hmm. And here's one of the things he says I think is really interesting. He says, whatever your ideal is of community, get rid of it. <laughs> That's right. Because the problem is when you have your ideal view of community, you will be disappointed mm-hmm. because that's not what community is. Mm-hmm. You know, the community, the church never lives up to our ideals. And this is, and, and by the way, think of who's saying this. This is a guy who's extremely saddened and grieved and sometimes angry at the German Nationalist Church right. and how they have been complicit right. with, with Nazism. So this is the guy saying this. He is saying... Look, whatever whatever idealistic understanding you have of the church, you know, um, I always say some people think that you know the true church is where we all never fight and never argue about anything, oh. and and, <laughs> and the only th- and every time we get together we sing twenty seven verses of kumbaya and sway sway and you know enjoy ourselves. That's right? what seminary is all about. That's what seminary is all about. <laughs> yeah, Bonhoeffer says get rid of that. Stop it. That is, if you are going, you're going to be disappointed, and and the church in all of its, I mean, I mean, he does say things like, uh, the church is a gift. It's a gift of God. Right. He does say. I mean, he's he's big on the church. Right. But but he but he also wants to say that uh, the church still is subject to its frailties, and you know, there, uh, the church is a gift from God, and it's a divine institution. But it's also really human too. I was gonna say it's run by humans. It's run by human which beings, which are terribly yeah. flawed. So he, so he just <laughs> wants to, he wants to right out of the gate say, lower expectations, right? Right. Um, and I think sometimes, by the way, I think that's really good advice because mm-hmm. I think, I think there are people who get dis, dis uh, disillusioned with the church, yes, because the church doesn't live up to their ideal, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. all right. Um, so, um, um, Christian community, by the way, is grounded in Christ. Mm-hmm. The, he he sees the community, therefore, as different of, from any other community. You can have other communities; those can be close communities, you know. But he said it's the church that's grounded in the reality of Christ, right? And that makes it different, right? Um, and he says, uh, by the way, we don't choose it. Jesus was the one who formed the church, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, but rather, what we do is we just get to receive it, and we and we receive it in gratitude, right? To be grateful for the church, right? I mean, that's a I, I love that idea. Yeah. 
be grateful for the church because I think of my own life. I grew up in church, you know, from the time I was young. I, I can't remember a time we didn't go to church. And I look back on it, and yeah, yeah, the church at times was really disappointing to me. But I don't know where I would be today if it weren't for the church. Right. I don't. So, um, so the other thing, again, put ourselves in the context of the seminary there. These folks are living together, right? It's communal. Uh, it's, it, it's almost, uh, in some ways, a monastic kind of experience. They're together there. And so Bonhoeffer wants to say Christians need to spend their days together. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of us are used to going to church on Sunday and leaving and say, I'll see you next week, mm -hmm. right? For Bonhoeffer, he's in this community where he and the other professors and the pastors, what are they doing? They're, they're living together. Uh, they're sleeping in bunked quarters. Right. They're taking their meals together. Right. They're having morning devotions and worship together. And they're having evening prayers together at the end of the day. They're doing work because when you live in this Christian community, there's work to be done. Mm -hmm. Somebody's got to cook. Somebody's got to clean up. Somebody's got to chop wood to keep the fireplaces going when it's cold. And so, um, they're, so for Bonhoeffer, this is a way of life, you know. Church is not something you do once a week. It's who you are, and you all live together right. and worship together. And um, don't know whether Bonhoeffer, again, had he survived, would have wanted to try and develop some little monastic communities and that would that were connected to the world. I mean, so often monastic communities, as you know, they're not really in the world. Right. They kind of are right. separated. It would have been interesting to see if Bonhoeffer wanted to develop monastic communities that actually were engaged. Well, there's still, there are a few. Oh, there guess, are a few. Yeah, that have been going for quite a while. I know there's one in Chicago, Jesus, I can't remember, I can't remember what, they're, what they're called, but <clears throat> Res Band, Resurrection Band came out of there. Oh, Res Band. Yeah. Ooh, I so, saw them in concert once. Yeah, that's one of Bernie's favorite, but they came out of that community. And yeah. As far as I know, I think they're still going. Like yeah. They're one of the few. Yeah. That have been, but yeah. I know. I know the late Keith Green had a community in yeah, Texas. Yeah, he had a big community down there he in had Texas. A big community. Yeah, and it was I don't very know. well. I don't know if it still exists or not. I haven't heard. I anything. think Melody. Is still, Melody Green yeah, still I think running Melody's it? Melody still running it. For those of you under the age of thirty, <laughs> just go about your business or Google these names. <laughs> They are incredible names. They are incredible names. Anyway, but uh, it would be interesting to see what Bonhoeffer might have said on that. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of fascinating. Um, so anyway, Christians, spend time together. Be together. Worship together. Bear your burdens together. Um, uh, confess your sins to one another. I got a quote on that. He does in Life Together. I want to read him a little bit. It's great on confession and ask for forgiveness. Oh, it's a classic. It's classic Bonhoeffer stuff. <laughs> um, the other thing he says, you got to spend the day alone. You have to spend, as a Christian, you have to spend time alone. Mm. Um, he says, then again, I've got another quote later where he says, you can't just spend all your time in community, but neither can you spend your time in isolation. Right. Um, but he, he thinks that individual time alone, time alone time with God is enriching and we need to do it. He, and he encourages, of course, every day there's time to be alone in the underground seminary. He, he encourages the students to 
read and meditate on scripture. This mm. is huge. Read scripture, meditate on it, reflect on it. Um, also to pray, and when you pray, intercede for others. Mm-hmm. Intercede for, in this case, it would have been your brothers, but in, intercede for your sisters and brothers uh, in Christ. Bonhoeffer, we, we've seen how much he loved nature. He loves a hike. He encourages the pastors to get out in creation. Mm-hmm. And, and that for him, he thinks being in God's world yeah. is a wonderful way to enhance that experience of solitude and, and uh, meditating upon the word. So that's my favorite church. What's your favorite church? Being out in being out there, uh, being yeah. out in nature, being out in creation, in the mountains, yeah. and by the ocean, yeah. by the you know, just to see his, yeah, you know, just to experience the hugeness, yeah, of, and how unworthy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like Psalm eight. It's yeah, it's Psalm eight. When I when I when I look at the heavens, the work of your fingers, and what you the moon and the stars yeah. you put a place, I ask myself, what are human beings that you're even mindful of? Yeah, us? right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that old Calvin and Hobbes comic. I love Calvin and Hobbes. I do too. I do too. Always said that when when Bill Watterson stopped doing Calvin and Hobbes and Gary Larson stopped doing The Far Side, I lost my best sermon material. We're done. I lost my best sermon material. But Calvin looks up at the night sky and he says, I'm significant. And there's silence. And then he says, said the speck of dust. Right? You look, you look to the heavens and you say, who am I? And then what you realize, like we do today in the 21st century, the psalmist couldn't have known this, how big the universe is, how vast it is. Of course, the psalmist ends by saying, but we do matter because God created us and said we matter, right? That's what's important. But for Bonhoeffer, this is important. Get out there. Bonhoeffer also, uh, you know, again, uh, growing in community is not just uh, the community worshiping together in their own little group all the time or, or us just being out in nature contemplating our own spirituality, but it's also service and in ministry to mm-hmm. others. And I love Bonhoeffer because he reminds me of John the Baptist because John the Baptist always answered questions with specifics. You know, so someone, so, so someone says today, well, what does it mean to repent? Well, repent means to be sorry for your sins and not to do the things God doesn't want you to do and make sure you do the things God does want you to do, right? They asked John the Baptist, what should we do about repenting? And he says, if you got two coats, give one away, right? He says to the soldiers, be happy with your pay. (laughs) (laughs) He gets really specific. He gets to meddling, right? (laughs) Well, this is Bonhoeffer. So Bonhoeffer just doesn't say, you know, we need to be in ministry. He says... Here's some of the things that we need to do. He says, first of all, you need to keep your mouth shut when it's necessary. Mm. Right? Sometimes it's better just, I mean, he took James to heart. uh, The letter of James Mm. in the New Testament. Just sometimes be quiet. (laughs) Right? He says, be gentle. Be gentle, particularly if the person you're interacting is not gentle with you. Mm -hmm. Be gentle. Um, Listen. That's another thing. If you if you talk less, you can listen more. Listen more, exactly. Yeah. And just be helpful. Whenever you can be helpful, be helpful. I read a quote. Somebody I, on social media posted the other day, a, a quote from Mother Teresa I didn't know, and I loved it. It said, when you're done eating, wash the dish. Mm. Not for yourself, 
but wash it, or and not because you have to, but wash it because you're thinking about the next person who's going to use it. Mm-hmm. Love that, right? Wash the yes, dish. That's yeah. awesome. Um, it, oh, by the way, uh, communal worship. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but the kind of worship he talks about. Bonhoeffer thinks there's three critical components to worship, uh, reading scripture, singing hymns, and prayer. Um, And he also believes that part of what it means to be in ministry is to bear each other's burdens. Yeah. Bear each other's burdens. And also, he does talk about confession. I should read that quote now. Where's that quote? I was going to wait to read that quote, but we're talking confession and... um, Let's see, where does he say it? Oh, here it is. This is great. He says, Why is it that it is often easier for us to confess our sins to God than a brother? God is holy and sinless. He is a just judge of evil and the enemy of all disobedience. But a brother is sinful as we are. He knows from his own experience the dark night of secret sin. Why should we not find it easier to go to a brother than to the holy God? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, think I see, about it. I know it's easier for me. It's easier for me if I, if you know, if I, if I, if I, you know, if I say something not nice to you, it's easier for me to go to God and say, "Please forgive me for what I said to Pidge." I'd rather do that than say, "Pidge, I really need for you to forgive yeah. me." For what? So why do we find? Bonhoeffer says, "Why do we find that easier?" <laughs> he said, "God's the one that's holy." <laughs> You know, and has the power to strike his dead. And and our and our friends know what it's like to sin. Why do we do this? See, I think what Bonhoeffer would say if he could flush this out more, I think he would say is because maybe sometimes we don't really believe. I know exactly. In that God, yeah, that's kind of scary. Mm. That's kind of scary. It's a great quote, though. It is a great yeah. quote. Yeah, I'm confessing to you because I don't want to have to go to God over this, right? You know. I'll tell my brother because I don't want my father to know. Yeah. Right? (laughs) So, yeah, it's a wonderful quote. It's a wonderful quote. So, confession is important. He thinks that it matters. We need to confess to each other in order to experience God's forgiveness. He he thinks that it is not sufficient for if I sin against somebody to just ask God for forgiveness. i got to go to the person I wronged. Right. That's necessary. Right. That's New Testament, by the way. And then he also he also wants to talk about uh, the sacrament of communion mm. and how essential that is, uh, and that he says the, that the sacrament of the Lord's Supper sustains the Christian community, and I love that. Um, what we see in life together is what we talked about in the last episode uh, that it's sent, Jesus is central to the whole thing. And authentic Christian community is about not living up to an ideal, but it's about living one's faith in the grace of God. And he was... So what's the Lutheran tradition on, on communion? Is it every Sunday? Uh, there's some... Yes. Well, it, it sort of depends because the Lutherans, like the Methodists, we kind of d- split and had children over time. <laughs> um, but traditionally, Lutherans... Uh, the more traditional Lutherans, yes, we'll do communion every Sunday. Uh, I, I know some Lutheran traditions that don't, but 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 uh, Bonhoeffer would have. I'm, I'm, I'm 
don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty. I feel pretty confident to say Bonhoeffer would have known a tradition that would have had communion every Sunday. Yeah, every Sunday. But remember, now Bonhoeffer doesn't grow up. His family does not go to church. Right. Now right. he goes with his sisters, uh, and there's a time in his adulthood early on where he doesn't go a lot. Uh, so again, which is really interesting because church becomes big for him, and so does the sacrament. Right. Right. Uh, and he sees that as important. There's something. There's something about being in the midst of difficult times with fellow Christians that when you have the sacrament together, it just means something yeah. special. Yeah. And so for Bonhoeffer, it's important. Mm-hmm. It's important. Um, let me read you some quotes. So we got a little bit of time. I got some quotes from Life Together. We'll talk about it. So here we go. Again, Bonhoeffer in all of his truth. Jesus Christ, Bonhoeffer says, Jesus Christ lived in the midst of his enemies. At the end, all of his disciples deserted him. On the cross, he was utterly alone, surrounded by evildoers and mockers. For this cause, he had come to bring peace to the enemies of God. So the Christian too belongs not in the seclusion of a cloistered life, but in the thick of foes. There is his commission, his work. The kingdom is to be in the midst of your enemies. And he who will not suffer this does not want to be of the kingdom of Christ. He wants to be among friends, to sit among roses and lilies. Not with the bad people, but the devout people. And then he quotes Martin Luther. Oh, you blasphemers and betrayers of Christ. If Christ had done what you are doing, who would ever have been spared? It's <laughs> great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you were Methodist, there'd be a staff parish meeting on his sermon. All right. <laughs> Here's another wonderful quote. And I think as we've gotten to know Bonhoeffer these weeks, it, it, it sounds like him. We pray for the big things and forget to give thanks for the ordinary, mm. small, and yet really not small gifts. You told the story uh, when he was in prison about the birds mm-hmm. in the nest. And how something like that, something that, I mean, you know, you and I, we hear birds every day, seabirds. We may take notice of them, but we go on. But there he is in prison, and the little thing of these birds free, singing, mm-hmm. and, and what an impact that made on him. And so he comes to, when you know, in that context, he comes to see the little things as, mm-hmm. as big in matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to get back to the idea of not having an ideal uh, view of community, the person who loves their dream of community will destroy community. <laughs> Psst. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. The person true. who loves their dream of community will destroy community, but the person who loves those around them will create community. There you go. So if you want to create community, don't start with what you think it should be and tell everybody else, here's the, here's the ideal community. Just love everybody in the community, and you'll get a community. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. It's like uh, somebody said, uh, um, I don't remember who said it, but said if you, if, you, if you start out to make a church, you might get disciples. But if you start out to make disciples, you will get a church. Mm-hmm. So, great quote. That is a good quote. Yeah. Uh, so to talk about the balance between community and individual devotional experience. Let him who cannot be alone beware of community. Let him... Who is not in community, beware of being alone. 
Each by itself has profound perils and pitfalls. One who wants fellowship without solitude plunges into the void of words and feelings. And the one who seeks solitude without fellowship perishes in the abyss of vanity, self-infatuation, and despair. You just see this rolling off of his lips, I know, right? right? <laughs> yeah. Here's a great one. I can no longer condemn or hate a brother for whom I pray, no matter how much trouble he causes me. Pray for your enemies. Pray. For your enemies. <laughs> yeah. You start praying for them. It's hard to yeah, see them. It is. I mean, you begin to love them. Yeah. And it's, yeah. yeah. He's a big believer in accountability. Here's what he says. Nothing can be more cruel than the leniency which abandons others to their sin. Nothing can be more compassionate than the severe reprimand which calls another Christian in one's community back from the path of sin. Mm. We must allow ourselves, wait, let me, let me quote that again. We must be ready to allow ourselves to be interrupted by God. God will, constant, will be constantly crossing our paths and canceling our plans by sending us people with claims and petitions. I love it. Get ready. Divine intrusions. That's right. Yeah. Ugh. A Christian fellowship lives and exists by the intercession of its members for one another or it collapses. Mm. Wow. Christian community is like the Christian sanctification. It's a gift of God which we cannot claim. Only God knows the real state of our fellowship of our sanctification. What may appear weak and trifling to us may be great and glorious to God. Hmm. The more thankfully we, we daily receive what is given to us, the more surely and steadily will fellowship increase and grow from day to day as God pleases. You know, I know you know what's happened recently in our lives. Bernie yeah. has had strokes right that is that's just that's Pidge's husband that's my husband yeah. yes so thank God none of them have really crippled him or mm -hmm. made him so where he can't function but the church the, the community that reached out yeah you know you don't you don't know how many people you touch you know I mean when you when you touch people when you love people when you look at people, when you say a kind word, when you do whatever, you don't realize how that impacts somebody. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I've realized when I see, you know, the, the outreach that yeah. we've received, the love that we've yeah. received, the offers that we've received. And I can't tell you how many people have said, if I can do anything for you, just let me know. You know, I mean, there's just been so many people that have reached out to do that. And that's community. That's part of who we are. And that's, that's part of what we do. And it's um, it's such a blessing. Yeah, it's such a blessing. But you don't realize when you're going through your day to day, and you don't realize it until you're on the receiving end of it. Yeah. So you know, exactly. so like somebody else in your church could have done it, and you you were one of the persons doing all of that. Exactly. And you don't think of it, but then when you're on the receiving end, right? Um, you know, I remember years ago. It's been a decade now. I was in the hospital for two or three days. Nothing serious, but I was in the hospital. Never had been before in mm -hmm. day in my life. 
and um, that later, the after the first full day in the hospital, later that day, uh, of course, Carol had been to see me and stayed with me, but my kids walked in. I wasn't expecting them to walk uh... in. And I couldn't believe what that meant to me. I mean, I'm, I'm like ready to choke up. Yeah. I mean, I... I see my kids every day, you know, my I, when they were at home. You know, every time I saw them, I didn't blubber or anything. <laughs> oh, I missed you so much. <laughs> I couldn't believe how much that meant. Yeah. That they actually just came to the hospital to see me. When you're on the receiving end of that, yeah. how special it is. And humbling. And humbling it is. It is very humbling, too. And, and so, you know, when we do ministry in the name of Christ... If, if when we're part of that community, we we need to we need to know that what we do matters, even yeah. if it's small. Bonhoeffer, I think, turns us on to this when yeah. he says, you know, the small things. Right. They're not small things. Right. You know, we think of them as small things, but they're not small things. Right. And when you're on the receiving end of that, you know, somebody brings you food, you know, because you haven't been able to make anything, and they just right. they whip up a simple casserole dish. That's big. Yeah. The person making it doesn't think it's a big deal, but it's huge. And um, I, I tell you what, I tell you what, when I was young, when I was a young idealistic pastor, oh, I'm so thankful God saved me from that. <laughs> when I was a young idealistic pastor, I wanted everything to be big. The church had to do big things. I needed to do big things. The little things were not interesting to me. You know, oh, yeah, anybody could do those little things. Boom, big things, right? came to see that no actually the most important things that usually happen in the ministry of the church are the little things mm. that people do mm-hmm. uh, come to see that how it's the small things that matter yeah and uh, I think Bonhoeffer understood that too you know we think of Bonhoeffer being this guy that opposed Hitler and the big you know the big thing that's the reason why we think about him and read him and talk about him because of the the big courageous thing he did in opposing Hitler and the Nazis. But there was also the little things, you know, the things that don't make the news, you know, risking his life to take Jews to freedom in Switzerland. Yeah. Which, which for that family was huge. Right. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you, you know, this is where community rubber meets the road. Right. This is where... The ideals of community give way to the to the reality. Yeah. You know, you know when you, you're th- when you're a theologian and you talk church, and I talk church, and when I teach theology, we get to the church, and I talk about the marks of the church: unity, holiness, and all this stuff. And you talk about it in these big terms, and you need that. You need to have mm-hmm. the big affirmations of what the church is. But the church where it counts is the church of potluck dinners. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's the church that that prays for you and your husband. Yeah. It's the and sends you cards. It's the church that brings you meals. Whatever they did for you, all that stuff. Right. That's the church. Yeah. That's the church that makes a difference. Exactly. Right? And um and I think that's the church that does ministry in the name of Christ. Yeah. It becomes Christ's hands and feet. So that's a good way yeah. to end. That is a good way Bonhoeffer, to end. Bonhoeffer Bonhoeffer helps us to see those little things are not so little. Yeah, exactly. And that we do it in the name of Jesus. Jesus himself says, what you've done for the least of these, you did it for me. So Yeah, we never know where they are. We never know what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what they're experiencing. And we never know where we will do something 
for someone, and yes. it's Jesus. Exactly, and it's right? a Jesus touch. Beware, friends, Jesus is everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's end there. That was good. All right. That was good. All right, uh, next week is Bonhoeffer on Scripture. We'll have an interesting conversation. Yes. Uh, because uh, Bonhoeffer, who obviously took Scripture very seriously and who read it and who drank deeply from it, didn't have the kind of view of Scripture that a lot of evangelicals would have thought he would have had. Mm. So we'll talk about that. It'll be fun. Yes. All right. It's always fun. It's always fun. All right, <laughs> friends. Thanks for joining us. I am Alan Bevere, and this is Faith Seeking Understanding. The patron saint of faith-seeking understanding is Anselm of Canterbury, who said, I do not understand in order to believe, but I believe in order to understand. Keep seeking, my friends. Bye, everybody. Mm -hmm.